I surrender to the King. Lift up your hands and worship with me now. Only the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. I'm surrendering my own. I surrender to the King. Oh, do you want to worship with me this morning? Oh, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Oh, Lord, I'm surrendering my own. I surrender. To the king, everything that you are will let a worship as arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Oh, let them sing this morning. I'm surrendering my to the king are you a son and daughter this morning can you lift up your voice sing with me now let our worshipers arise let our sons and our daughters sing Lord I surrender Our voices now, if you can lift it up with me now. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. Lift up your voice and your hand to him now. Oh, I'm surrendering my oh. I surrender to the king. Your voice is a king. Come on, lift it up to him now. Oh, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. Oh, I'm surrendering my own. I'm surrendering to the king. Oh, everybody, let's sing it now. Let our worshipers arise. Oh, let our worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. Hallelujah. I surrender in my One more time, come on, everybody, join me. Let us sing to him now. Let our worshipers, let our 
Worshiping him this morning. You never fail. Oh, can you enter the spirit this morning and worship together with me now? They call him Jesus this morning. Oh, they call him Jesus. They call him Jesus. They call him Jesus. Oh, he never fails. voice to him now. They call him Jesus. Without the music, they call him Jesus. They call him Jesus. Lift up your voice to him and your hands now. Will they, they call him Jesus? Take it from the depth of your soul. They never fail. He Oh, only our voices one more time. They call him Jesus. They call him Jesus. Oh, they call him Jesus. Oh, they call him Jesus. He never fails. Come on, musicians, now. Well, he never fails. He never fails. Oh, Jesus Christ, you never fail. You are the living God of my Father. You are the living water 
my father you never fail oh God you are faithful Lord Jesus Jesus about Jesus. Think about the battle he has fought for you. Think about the things he has been doing, he has done for you. And look at what is ahead of you. Which one is greater? The name of Jesus or your problem? The name of Jesus has never failed. Close your eyes this morning and worship the Lord. Close your eyes and call on his name. Tell Jesus you never failed. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about the person who is next to you. But his presence is greater than everything. Tell Jesus you never fail. You never fail, Jesus. You are great, Lord. You are merciful. <laughs> Call on his name, he never fails. Lift up your voice and tell him. Oh. Oh. Can I have two people who know that he does not fail? Say it with all their hearts. From the depths of your soul. If you believe that Jesus never failed. And you know that even in your situation, he never failed. I want to sing it deep from the bottom of your heart. And call on the name of Jesus. And tell him you never failed. 
voices. I want to hear only voices. The Lord is coming to his genius. The speed of Christ The spirit of God moving. Let him move in your soul this morning. Let him move in your situation this What is your mountain this morning? Oh, he is here. I am telling you. The spirit of God is here this morning. You can receive your healing if you need You can receive your provision if you need He's a faithful God. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Worship him. Come on. Every, everybody worship him. Worship. Let his presence come Come Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sweet spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are here. I love you with all my heart, Lord. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me. Oh my day, I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. You can lift up your hand if you believe that he has been so faithful to you. This is worship now. Oh. All my life, you have been so. Every breath that I am able, I will see. Oh, the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire. Yes, you have. Darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. In the goodness of God, oh my life, oh my life, you have been faithful. Oh my life, oh my life, you have been so so. Oh, 
But let me ask you Have you seen the goodness of God in your life? Has God led you? Has God provided for you? Has he proved himself That he's not willing to let you go no matter what He's going, going to be on your side has he done that for you? Then we have a reason to worship him. Friends, oh, if you can just lose yourself a little bit in his presence. I tell you, even before the preaching of the word, just been delivered. Bring your cares to him. Tell him, Jesus, I need you. Every one of you speak to him now. In worship. Why do I ask you to speak to him? Because I can feel his presence so near. He's here, he's near. He's near. 
is here. Oh, lovely Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I lift up your name, Lord Jesus. Your name above all names, Lord. You're mending the brokenhearted, Lord. You're healing the sick, Father. You're restoring hope to the hopeless, Lord. Father, Lord, you are guiding your children, Father. You're bringing them into the Shekinah glory, oh, Father, where all things are possible. Where the power of God is real, oh, God. Oh, Jesus, we worship you, Father. Oh, Father, we just want to stay, to stay in your presence, oh, God. All the days of our life, Father, where everything will fade away and you, oh God, will come and take over in our lives. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Draw me close. Closer to The world around me, let it fade away. His presence is here to heal someone this morning. Jesus, draw me close. Yes, soon, Maybe you didn't even want to come, but he, he is here to give you Ali what wali. you need to be closer to you. Wetaka, weta, I desire to worship and obey. The organist only now. Jesus draw me close. Yes, soon, Sembeza, Kumpi Nawe. Closer to you, Lord. Kumpi Nyonyo Dalanawe Mukama. Let all the world around me. They can see in it all day. Let it fade away. Let Mukama, if he won't dala. This is the desire of my life. For I desire. Do you desire? For I desire. To worship and obey. <laughs> I desire. I wanted to stop the worship a long time ago, but I don't know how to stop it. Lord Jesus. Oh God. 
Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, may you uplift our souls, oh, God. Uplift us, oh, God, into your praises. Let the power of Jesus Christ, oh, God, just come in each and every seeking soul, Father. Oh, God. For these are your people, Father, called by your name, Lord. And all the needs in the body, you know them, Father. Oh, God, as we worship you, Father. May you draw us close to you. Close, oh, God. Close. Close our Holy Spirit. Close the Lord. Close the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, God. As everybody's closer to you, oh, God, as they speak to you, Father. All their needs are met. All their situations are met. Even some situations are very hard, Lord. Maybe some people don't know how, oh God, to navigate through even the cares of life. But oh God, you are faithful. For you are the healer of the broken hearts. You are, Lord, you are the mender. Come, oh Holy Spirit, and go over them. Move, oh Spirit of God. That even the little ones, oh God, among us will feel your presence, oh God. Oh, grant it, Lord Jesus. Help us, Father. Help us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus. We recognize, Lord, your presence, and you do not come in vain. You come to accomplish. Certain things in the body. You know every soul here, Father. Every brother, every sister. Every younger one, every older one. Some have burdens, Lord. Burdens that they have brought before your presence. Come, oh sweet spirit. Come and meet them, Father. Let me fade away. Just come and take control of me this morning. Speak to your children, Lord. The presence of God. Where the yoke is broken. Take their burdens and roll it away. Every brother, every sister. You know them by name. You know them, each of them, Lord. You even know the depths and intents of their heart. There is nothing that can be hidden in his presence. Friends, when his presence comes down like this, 
Many times, even a preacher can be able to know what is going on in the congregation. And his presence is here. God knows your heart. He knows your desire. He just committed to him. Tell him, Lord, I just want to be close to you. I want to worship you and obey you. I don't know about you, but to me, his presence is everything. It is, it is greater than anything. If you can be in that presence every day, every service, it will be worth it. Father, I don't even know how to take the pages of your word and preach to these people. I feel I'm so insufficient, Lord. But use me, Lord. Have mercy on me, O God. Put your words on my lips, Father. Not only those that are here, but also those who are streaming this service. And also those that will watch it later, Father. Help me to minister to them. You know each need, Lord. Let your sweet presence continue on even during the preaching of your word. Grant it, Lord. Anoint me, anoint my brother, Martin. As we take our places of duty tonight, that you will also come and minister to your children. Grant it, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell them, God bless you, you're welcome. Thank you for praying for me. I had a good trip uh, to Ethiopia. And uh, the Lord did a lot of wonderful things. While we are still standing, we are going to go to our Bibles in the book of Those who have been following me, I'm sure you have uh, read the reports already. The people in the Tigray region of Ethiopia have gone uh, through a lot of suffering. A lot, a lot of suffering. Mothers have lost their children. They've lost their husbands. More than, more than uh, one million people in the war that was there in the, in the, in the recent past. But God is God. And the Bible says that he watches over the sparrow. He watches over his own. The, the brother that uh, God told me to go to 
Before I went. The brother that God told me to go to. This is a man that was uh, almost killed. You know, I cannot tell it all, but uh, he, he told me, you know, they shot at him. They shot at him. Yes, they shot at him. Like a bullet went through, like, but it just passed his ear. Okay. And then, then he fell down. They shot at him again. And uh, the bullet just went by his thigh. Not even a scratch. And I believe he was uh, spared for this one purpose. That God will use him to propagate this message to his people. And, and I'm speaking to you right now. He has started translating this message to his people. And you, told, you tell me that we don't have a living God. We have a living God. I said we have a living God. Amen. Amen. His son was called by the army. And you know, he has two sons, but one of them was called to the army. And uh, another one, they had a misunderstanding with the father, so he left home. Before the war. And he went to his relatives. So sometimes, actually, the Bible says all things work together for good. In the life of a child of God. So God used that to protect that boy not to go so that he, would, he wouldn't die. His name is Yonatan. But guess what? On this trip, he met God. We baptized him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And then this other one, he went to the army. But he went there twice. They called him twice. But each time, the bus that took, took the, the other boys brought him back home. Miraculously. He speaks good English. And I believe he's a preacher. I, I baptized him on the other past trip. His name is Biniam. And he's also started to translate this message. I, I, I tell you, I've seen God. You know, many things were destroyed. Houses shot at. They were sending rockets. From, from, the Lit from the side of Eritrea onto the people. And you know, they would have to to hide somewhere where it was safe. But I saw God in how he saved our brothers there. And uh, received greetings from Pastor Moges, the pastor in Addis Ababa, uh, and uh, the other ministers, Brother Girimai, Brother Asagiri, Brother Girimai, Brother Ephraim, 
Brother Ephraim. That they are all serving God. The church is alive and well. Amen. Our Sunday service was streamed. Service was recorded. But uh, you know, some something happened. I wasn't able to get the recording. But when as soon as we have it, we shall put it up on YouTube. The church in Addis Ababa is alive and well. The bride in Ethiopia is alive and well. And the fires of the message started. In that country. No one, no one can stop it now. No one can stop it. Rebecca, those are your prayers. And every soul that will come out of Ethiopia, I know that your name will be attached to that. Name. God bless it's all your prayers, saints. Amen. Let us go to Luke chapter 14. We are going to uh, read uh, verses 16 and up to verses 24. I know many are not here today. Brother Mlonde also told me that he would be at the wedding of a sister-in-law. Brother Mlonde Sister Winnie, I know she lost her, her mother, but I, I, I don't believe she lost her mother because her mother was saved. Uh, a few Amen. Let your loved ones go after they know Jesus. So may the Lord comfort the family and Amen. And God bless you for standing with them. So we're taking chapter 14 of Luke. We're beginning to read from verses 16 to verses 24. Um, God gave me an inspiration on what to preach to you this morning. Um, um, I was, uh, I've been so busy the whole time. And then uh, I got the inspiration yesterday. But I was so tired I couldn't... Uh, you know, come through with it, so I, I rested a little bit. The whole time we were flying, I was very busy studying. And, and uh, I, I certainly believe I arrived at home at close to 4 a.m. And, uh, but I know God is my strength this morning. Amen. So we are reading verse 16. Then said he, Unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are, excuse me, are now ready. And they, and they all, with one accord, sent, be, say, um, excuse me, and they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the old, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, 
it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall test of my supper. God bless you. You may be seated. And then our brother will read in Luganda. Dinayena Mugamba anti waliwo omuntu eyafumba embaga enene naita abanji natuma omuduwe obudde obudde bw'embaga ngabutuse okugamba okugamba bali bayitiduanti muje kubanga bimaze okutegekebwa bona nemememu neba neba nebatanula okwega nebatanula okwegaira okusonyibwa Walu berebere na gamba anti nguzolu suku chingwani de oku imuka oku genda oku kululaba. Nkwega hide nsonyuwa. Nomulala na gamba anti nguze emigogo jente etanu ngenda kuzikema. Nkwega hide nsonyuwa. Nomulala na gamba anti mpasizo mukazi chienvanema oku yinza okuja. Awo omuddo omuddoyo najja nabulira mukama we ebyo awo nanyini nyumba nalyoka asunguwala nagamba nagamba omuduwe nti fuluma fuluma mangu ogende mu ngudo ne mu makubo ne mu makubo agechibuga olete olete wano abavu nabalema nabazibe nabazibe ba maso naba naba wenyera omuddu nagamba anti mukama wange chola giride chikole chikoledwa naye waliyo naye wachaliyo ebanga mukama wachaliye ebanga mukama we namugamba omuddu nti fuluma ogende mu makubo ne mu bukubo oba wulirize oba sorry oba walirize okuyingi oku okuyingirira enyumba yange ejule can you read that again verses 23 mukama we na gamba omudunti fuluma ogende mukubo ne mu bukubo oba walirize okuyingira Enyumba yange ejule kubanga embaga kubanga kubanga mbagamba nti nti bali aba bali abayitibwa tewali nomu alirega ku mbaga yange God bless you amen now i know you've been following in your bibles manyabade mugobera bible zamwe uh, so, Brother Isaac, I don't know, maybe this is part three or part four, I don't know, of Rescue the Perishing, but I'm dealing with today, the subject I'm speaking on is compel them to come in. But I'm still on that topic of Rescue the Perishing. Compel them to come in. Compel them to come in. It is so sad. This story how a man can can uh, can make a, a great supper 
and send out invitations but people don't come to his supper imagine if it were you and you uh, did a, a great feast oh, you were going to have a, a wedding and you invited people to come on your wedding day and and no one comes and you have already prepared the food you have already prepared the chairs you have already you know, paid the cameraman the, the video man and, and you know you are ready for the feast and no one shows up for your it would be something very disappointing. And so this is how this man was. He, created, he made a great supper. And he bade many. And his servants at supper time came to him um, and, 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 and told him that the supper is now ready. They said all things are now ready. Everything is prepared. So now he, he told them to go out and call. So his servants went out to call the people to come on this feast. But everyone that was given an invitation, they, were, they started giving excuses. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I cannot hear myself, Brother Peter, so you really need to make the sound a little. Brother yeah, Peter yeah, said. that's becoming better. So now they all, each of them began to give excuses. And uh, one of them gave an excuse. He said, look, I bought a yoke of oxen and I'm going to prove them. And, and so, uh, please excuse me, I will not come. And another one said, I've married a wife. Please excuse me, I will not come. Another one said, I bought a piece of ground. I want to go and see it. Please, I can't come. So when the master heard the story, he was very angry. And he said, go out quickly. He told the servant, go out quickly. Go out quickly. Tell someone, quickly. Quickly. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. Let me tell you the gospel or the which we have received is an invitation to the world. And it is not supposed to be a message that is going to go out slowly. It is supposed to go out quickly. He said go out quickly. If these that have invited cannot come in, it's alright. Then go to the maimed. Go to the poor. Go to the whole. Go to the streets and lanes and byways. Tell them to come in. And so they went and called all those who were poor, maimed, and blind. And then they came. But he said, but yet there still was room. And then, you know, he says, now... Go to the highways. Go to the hedges. And compel them to 
come in my house may be filled. The master wants his house to be filled. He doesn't want a half empty house. Every predestinated seed of God must come in. And this story, we can be able to take it in many different directions this morning. But I want you to look at it this way. The gospel came to the Jews. And the Jews rejected it. According to Romans chapter 11, the Jews rejected the message of grace. And then he came to the Gentiles. But even among the Gentiles, very few among the cold were chosen. But now, whenever we read about Luke chapter 14, many times, please follow me closely this morning, many times we think about salvation. Salvation. That you know, uh, God wants all men to be saved and to come to the full knowledge of the truth. Let me tell you, hell was not made for people. That means no one is supposed to go to hell. No one is supposed to go to hell. No one is supposed to go to hell. Hell was not made for people. Hell was made for Satan and his angels. But even if hell was not made for people, people go to hell because they fight to go to hell. Now listen to this. The rapture was not made for everybody. The rapture was only for, it's supposed to be for a few. Are you hearing me? So the gospel as we know it, plain gospel has been believed on by very many all over the world. But not all those that have believed it are going to the rapture. What I'm teaching this morning is very important. Brother, just say what I'm saying exactly the way I'm saying it. You see, because I want you to understand this mystery here this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. This side. Praise the Lord. The brothers, the sisters' voices are, sharp, are louder than the, 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 the brothers' voices. And so we notice that hell was not created for people, but people go to hell. But you know, God has sent out a message. God has sent out a, a um, should I call it a gospel message? How many don't understand English? Raise up your hand. Okay, how many understand English? This morning? Okay, so let me use English this morning. Sister Rose, today you're going to be an English person. God bless you. Praise the name of the Lord. Because I, I have a lot to cover and uh, I, I don't need anything to go down to the ground. So, God bless you, Brother Martin, for helping. Now, I want you to follow me closely here. Compel them to come in. Tell your neighbor, compel them to come in. 
compel them to come in. God has a purpose. And his purpose is not just to save. His purpose is to call the bride. Hell was not made for people. But the rapture was not made for everyone. So not everyone that believes the gospel is actually going to go to the rapture. That is a mistake that has been made by many to think that everyone that will believe the gospel will go to the rapture. Actually, there are very many people going to receive the gospel and they will attain eternal life, but they will never go to the rapture. Did you know that? And so now we have a message and this message is to the bride. Now we have, of course, I, I shared on that many years ago on the different categories of people in the economy of God. And so this morning, I want us to see the purpose of the message. If you can turn with me to the book of Revelation chapter 19. And I'm going to look at verse 7 to verses 9. It says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, Clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto them, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto them, unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Now, saints, many are invited to take part in eternal life. The gospel invitation is a wide invitation to everyone who cares to come. You know, uh, you know everybody, you, know, they, you find them on the streets, you find them, they, are, they have different church names, they, they, they are called Anglican, they are called Pentecostal, or they are called uh, Fanero, they are called uh, Full Gospel, they are called, you know, what are they doing? They have the gospel invitation. And that is an invitation for all to come in. If you're understanding it, say amen. amen. This invitation is to eternal life. You know, and this invitation will be received by many. But many coming through these people, many of them actually, many of these people that are receiving the gospel will have to come through the white throne judgment. That is why when you go out there and you hear the way they preach, they preach it this way. All of us will come before the white throne judgment. Is that not true? That's what they preach. And that's the truth. They will come before the white throne judgment. Each of them will be judged according to their works. But let me ask you a question. If Jesus died, if Jesus gave his blood, if he forgave us our sins, if he redeemed us, then why do we need to be judged according to our works? Why? There is, the Bible says there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. So in other words, there are a group of people that really was the purpose why Jesus came on the earth. And those people, when they receive Jesus Christ, they will receive the father part of him and there will be no need for them to come into the condemnation. They will never come before the white throne judgment. They will never be asked for anything they did. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ atones for every sin they have ever made. It atones for everything they have ever made. They will be required to do only one thing. They will be required only to believe. That's why the theme of the, of the ministry of Brother Barnum was only believe. All things are possible. The bride, 
They are called the bride. They will be required only to believe. But these other people who will receive an invitation to eternal life, they will receive it, they will accept it, but they will go through the white throne judgment. And uh, why? Because they missed the rapture. The rapture is the marriage of the lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. And the Bible says, Amen. Let us be glad. Let us rejoice and give honor to him. Why? Because the marriage of the Lamb is come and his bride has made herself ready. Oh, hallelujah. He said his wife has made herself ready. Are you his wife? I am his wife. I am his wife. And the Bible says his wife has made herself ready. Listen, I did not believe the message because I was fearing to go to hell. I believed the message because I discovered I was more than just a believer. I discovered that this message was calling me to come up higher. The message was calling me to not only be a believer, the message was telling me that I was the wife of Jesus Christ. If you see it this morning, you'll be blessed. Now the Bible says here, and to her was granted fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And of course, I've talked about that before. That our righteousness is like filthy rags before him. So now, we are talking about here the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Which is the word. Which is the word, the revealed word of the hour. In every age, God has been revealing more of himself in every generation. Now, the rapture is the marriage of the lamb. The rapture, just like we read in the book of Luke, is the great supper. And this supper, amen, he has invited, amen, those that were meant to come. And I believe I am part of those that are going to go on that marriage supper of the lamb. Amen. And this will be for a space of three years and a half. At that time, there will be the tribulation on earth. And after the tribulation comes the millennium. So follow me here. So now here, right now, where are we? With the word of God, the invitation is being sent out to as many that shall receive it to, to come to the marriage supper. Now, those who receive it, we are waiting for one thing. How many knows what we are waiting for? The rapture. In, in Ethiopia, we call it menetek. The rapture. We are waiting for the rapture. After the rapture takes place, the earth will continue as it is continuing now. But it will go into a, a, a time called the Great Tribulation. I don't want to explain it now. I don't have time for it. But then the, the Great Tribulation will, will continue for a space of three years and a half. And the rapture, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb, will also take place for a space of three years and a half. So while the bride is in glory... The, the church, the nominal church, those who had accepted Christ, but they were not part of the bride, and, and all the others will live here on earth, and they will go through the tribulation. Some of those are what the Bible calls the foolish virgins, but there are many categories of people. You know, the, the, some of those will be the foolish virgins, and they will stay here on earth. They will go through the tribulation while the bride is in glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the same, same time, amen, Christ will now go... Amen. And visit the Jews. During that time of the tribulation, the Jews will receive the Messiah. They will accept this same message we have received. They will accept baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Through their two witnesses, Moses and Elijah. So there is an Elijah also going to the Jews. 
They will receive that message. And while they are receiving their message, while Israel is having a revival, the rest of the Gentiles will be in the great tribulation. But I'm so glad the bride will be in the rapture. Hallelujah. Amen. We will be together with the Lord. We will not be here going through the sufferings. Amen. That the others will be going through. We shall be in glory. And after three years and a half, then comes uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the millennium. Now, of course, we will come down here to the earth. You know, uh, how many know that song? Uh, the Lord is coming back to earth again. The Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years. We will have no tempter then. And the Lord back to earth. Now, what is that time? We are not talking about now. We are talking about after the rapture. After the three years and a half. After the tribulation. After the, 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 the God you know, visits Israel. Then the Lord shall come back to earth again. When he's coming down at that time, where, where is he going? He is not going alone, by the way. He's coming back to this earth together with his bride. Yes, the Bible says he was riding, amen, a white horse. And amen, behind him was tens and tens of thousands of his saints. We were riding behind him. Where were we going? We were coming down to the earth to do what? To rule together with him for a space of 1,000 years. That is called a millennium. I am going to be there. In the millennium, amen, we shall travel like a thought. Hmm. In the millennium, we shall have power to set things and things will happen. In the millennium, amen, the lion will be led by a little child. What are you talking about? In the millennium, we have gone back to our original God state. Like Adam was before the fall. In the millennium, we are like God himself. And we shall rule with him. At that time, Jesus Christ will be our husband, of course. And he will be having or occupying the throne, the seat. Throne of David. And so he will be called a son of David. Because he will be the king of kings and the lord of lords. And we will be his wife, his bride. Praise God. And then after the millennium, a thousand years, there will come the, the yeah, there is Gog and Magog and everything, but then the major thing that comes after that is going to be the white throne judgment. Now the Bible says, and behold, I saw a white throne. Follow me closely here. This is some kind of teaching, but I'm preaching this morning, but I want you to follow me. Then I saw a, a white, a great big white throne, and there was one sat on, on it. And now, what was he going to do? Then the Bible says, then the dead, there's both small and great, both rich and poor, young and old, they all rose up again from the dead. Let me tell you, no one will stay in their graves. No one. Whether they were swallowed by water, whether they died on the moon, I don't care where they were. As long as they were born and they were human beings, where, oh my God, that time they will all, that will be called the second resurrection. They will all rise up again. They will all rise up again to do what? To stand before the throne. Where is the bride at that time? The bride is behind the throne together with the Messiah, together with Jesus Christ. At that time, no, we are not going to be judged. The bride is not going to come into condemnation. The bride is not going to come into judgment. Why? Because our judgment, amen, we go through it right here on earth. We are judged here. 
We are condemned here. That is why we preach as coaching message to condemn you, to convict you, so that you can repent of your sins. Amen. And be set free. So that on that day, you will have no condemnation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh my. And then after the white throne judgment, then there will come a new heaven and a new earth. And there are many other things that I've not talked about. I, I, I'm not going through the order. But I want you to see here in the book of Revelation chapter 20, if you can read with me, verses 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Hmm. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ. And shall reign with him a thousand years. So now the Bible here gives us a little more information. He says the rest of the dead live not until a thousand years we are finished. Now here he is speaking of the millennium. He is speaking of a thousand years after the rapture. After the marriage supper, he is saying now during that time, where will the rest of the people be? The ones that were living on earth, that we left here on earth. The Bible says the rest of the dead lived not. They did not live until the millennium was finished. Praise God. And now the Bible says this is the first resurrection. What is the first resurrection? The first resurrection is the rapture. The first resurrection is the rapture. And we are, that is our target. That is our goal. And he says, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. <laughs> now, the Bible does not say you are only blessed because you are part of the first resurrection. The Bible says you are blessed and you are holy. How can he that is holy be judged? No, because we are blessed and we are holy. Holy not by our own works. Holy by his own righteousness that comes by the message of the hour. The Bible says, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. Oh my, I am going to be part of the first resurrection. Do you believe it? Are you going to be part of the first resurrection? Oh my. On such, on who? On those who will have part in, of the first resurrection. The second death has no power. So now, we are, we are now getting new words here. First death, second death, first resurrection, second resurrection. Now, the first death is what everybody dies. Everybody dies and they go to the grave. That is just death, death of the body. But the second death is the death and destruction of the soul. You know, Brother Barnum says there is nothing like eternal hell. I'm telling you certain things maybe some of you did not know, so you need to listen carefully. You know, it says that there is nothing like eternal hell. You know, eternal hell is a hell which has no end. And the denominations all over the world teach that there is uh, uh, going to be an eternal hell. It, it, without beginning, without end. But our prophet taught us that everything that has a beginning has an end. So if hell had a beginning, did, did hell have a beginning, by the way? The Bible says hell was created. For the devil and his angels. So if hell was created, if hell had a beginning, hell had an end. And therefore hell will have an end. It will not be an eternal hell. Because if the people are going to live in hell for eternity, it means they have eternal life like us who are going to live in eternal life. 
You see, so they will also have eternal life in, in another way. So how, how, God will be a confused confuser to say we are going to have eternal life in heaven and they are going to have eternal life in hell. And that means they are also having eternal life. It's only the place which is the difference. But the truth is, hell is not going to be eternal. Hell is going to be a, a season and seasons. That, Brother Barnum says, it might be a million years, it might be a very long time, I don't know, but it will eventually come to an end. And then in the new heaven and the new earth, there won't be hell. Praise God. And the devil will be thrown into the lake of fire and, and, and all the others who did not believe. But you see, that is the second death. All the souls of those who refuse to believe the message, who refuse to, uh, you know, to accept Christ, who refuse, amen, the invitation, they were thrown into the second death. The Bible says, but he that comes in the first resurrection on such, the second death has no power. Now, I've heard many people who say, even if I am not the bride and I don't come through the first resurrection, I will come through the second resurrection, which is going to stand before the white throne, and I will be the foolish virgin, and I will eventually get eternal life. Let me tell you. Those who are going to get eternal life after the first resurrection, meaning through coming before the white throne, we have no guarantee. You have no guarantee that you will have eternal life there. No guarantee, absolutely. Why? Because it is 100% based on him and his decision according to your works. So now, the Bible says, the ones who come in the first resurrection... The second death has no power. Meaning, the ones who are coming through the second resurrection, the second, I mean, the, the second death has power on them. Actually, they are all supposed to be condemned. Even you, among us, the one who feels is holier than everybody else, right now in your stead, when you come before that white throne judgment, you will be condemned as a sinner. You will be condemned. And Brother Barnum spoke about that many times. You will be condemned. There is no way you can go through that judgment. No human being can be able to go through that judgment. And therefore, those who are going to go through it, it will not be based on their righteousness or what they have done that is good. It will be based on him according to their works. The Bible says he's a righteous and fair judge. So he will judge them and he, some he will give life and others he will condemn and they will go into the second death. So I don't want to, uh, to play lottery with my life. I want to go sure deal. And my sure deal here is being in the first resurrection. If I'm in the first resurrection, I am sure of this one thing, Brother Marvin, that the second death has no power on me. I am dead once in Christ and my life, the life that I live is not my life. It is the life of Jesus Christ. And I am sure the second death has no power on me. And the Bible says they are priests. Uh, of God and of Christ. And they shall reign with him a thousand years. And those are the ones going in the rapture. Now in First Peter chapter 2. I'm just giving a little foundation here. To be able to go in Luke 14. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. He says but ye. If you can open there with me it's fine. First Peter 2 9, 9 to 10. But ye are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And a holy nation. A peculiar people. That ye should for, show forth the praises of him who has called you. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past were not a people. But are now the people of God. Which had not obtained mercy. But now have obtained mercy. The Bible says those people. And I believe I am going to be among them. That are coming in the first resurrection. They are going to be priests of God and of 
Christ. And they shall reign with him a thousand years. It is the same thing the gospel taught us. Here in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, he says, But ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. The message we are preaching in all end time message churches around the world is different from what the world is preaching. Very different. Amen. We are preaching to peculiar people. We are preaching to holy people. We are preaching to royal priesthood. We are preaching to chosen generation, meaning whoever will believe the message, not only in our generation, but even in the generations before us. God in every generation, he had a special group of people that he called peculiar. He called important. And those, he is so jealous over them. And those, he wants them to go in the rapture. And those, he doesn't want them to come into condemnation. And because of that, he sent them a special message. And this message is different from the gospel that they preach. The gospel that they preach is only meant to bring them into life. Or you can call it salvation. But I'm not, we are here for something more than salvation. If you understand it. Many people are going to be saved, brother, Fred. But not all that are saved will be the bride. If you understand it, say amen. I realize what I'm preaching today. Some people may be confused a bit. If you're confused, come to me after service. I'll have some time with you. But if you're confused, you can also go back and listen to the service again and again. And, re and read the scriptures yourself. You'll get it. But listen to me. This message is not only for the salvation of our souls. Many people are going to be saved. But not all will go in the rapture. Did you think that the foolish virgins are going to be lost? Yes? Yes? How can they be lost when they are virgins? How can a virgin? Virgin means they are righteous. They, 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 they have not defiled themselves with the world. So they accepted Christ. Right? But they were foolish. They didn't have what it took to be the bride. And a br the bride is also predestinated before the foundation of the world. So for you to be the bride, there is nothing you do to be the bride. There is only one thing for you to be who you are. To believe the word of the bridegroom. When you believe the word of the bridegroom, that is the ab oh hallelujah. That is the absolute proof that you are the bride. And that's why Brother Barnum said the proof that someone has been filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, the, the, fully, the wise virgins had that oil, the extra oil. And, and he says, you see, the proof that you have the Holy Ghost is not speaking in tongues, is not jumping up and down, is not shouting, is not excitement, although that is a part of it. But the proof that you are filled with the Holy Ghost is by receiving the word of your day. You know why? Because if you receive the word of your day, you cannot receive the word of your day unless you are the bride. And if you receive the word of your day, you will live the life. Now, this class of, of those in the first resurrection is a special class. These do not go into eternal life on their own merits. 
This enter in solely on the basis of his mercy through his blood. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. They are more than just salvation. They are more than just eternal life. They go to the marriage supper. The others don't go there. But these ones, I believe I am one of them. They go to the marriage supper. They go to the millennium. They are royalty. <laughs> oh my God. I want you to see this today. Now I want you to remember Esther. Esther, she followed the instruction of the seventh chamberlain. Now, now this is where the church ages come in and this is where the chamberlains come in or the messengers to each church age. You see, Esther was a type of the bride. Esther receives instruction. Esther receives the word of the chamberlain. And Esther was changed. Esther did according to the word of the chamberlain and because of that, she came before the king. She became the queen. Our target is to be, to be the queen. Vashti refused to obey the word of the king, so she lost the throne. Esther obeyed every word through the chamberlain. She received the throne. Is that amen? amen? So, if you want to know what this is all about, read the book of Esther. The book of Esther explains what the message of the hour is. This message is not just, oh my God. It's not just intended to bring us into the king's presence. Or its purpose is not just to make us have a little encounter with the king. There are many women that had an encounter with the king, but it stopped there. They never ever came in his presence again. So our purpose is not to visit in his presence. Our purpose is not just to appear there. Our purpose is to stay in his presence. Esther was the queen. Esther became the queen. Our purpose is to become the queen. All these girls who came before the king and the king chased them away. What, what happened to them? Did they go back to the world? They remained in the palace. So there are many going to remain in the palace. Many are going to go to heaven. Many are going to do what? To go to heaven, but they will not be the bride. They will not be the wife of the king. Many remained in the palace. Go read the book of Esther. Many remained in the palace. The, the, whatever they needed, the, the king gave them. Gifts, the king gave them. And he gave them special houses. But you see, there is this special one. For her, she was not just special to the king. She was royalty. She became a part of the king. She shared the throne of the king. She became the almost part of the king's uh, kingdom. Now, I want you to look at Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down in my father's throne. He that has an ear, let him, let him, church, hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. So to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame. So now, what is, in every church age, let me, let me give you a little more background here. We have seven church ages, seven church ages. Now, of course, um, sometimes when I'm preaching, I just go over it, but let me take a moment to explain or expound this for you a little bit. When you look at the book of Romans, chapter 11, 
Please, if you, you are making notes, you can write it and go and read it later. If you look at Romans chapter 11, he ex explains the difference between the church of the Jews and the church of the Gentiles. Now, the Jews were the original branch, but because of unbelief, they were cut off. And the Gentiles, being a wild branch, was grafted on onto this tree. The tree is Christ, is the word. Now, we are the Gentile bride. Now, the Bible says the, 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 the Jews will be restored. But the Jews will not be restored until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. On our channel, I spoke about the dispensation of the Gentiles. And I was speaking, I, I, I spoke a little bit about the 70 weeks of Daniel. You know, God showed Daniel how long God would work with the Jews until the millennium, by the way. Until the millennium. You know, he showed them 70 weeks. 70 weeks of years, meaning each week was how many years? Yes? Seven years. And so, so now in the last week of the, of the 70 weeks, the Messiah was cut off. Follow me closely here now. Put on your spiritual thinking cap. When the Messiah was cut off in those, in those last seven years, there is remaining, the Jews are remaining with only half of the last week. Three years and a half. Do you understand that, Brother Enoch? Three years and a half. The Jews are remaining with three years and a half for God to deal with them. But that time has been paused. Now it is not counting. When it did stop counting, it stopped counting when the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was killed on the cross. Are you following me, church? When the, when the, when the Messiah was killed, when he was cut off, the, the time of the Jews stopped counting. It was paused. So God stopped working with them. Until now, I've met several Jews, but Jews don't believe in the Messiah. Jews, many of them don't even believe in God. They are blinded. In Romans 11, it says they are blinded. For what? For what sake? For your sake, the Gentiles. You see, how long are they going to be blinded? How long are they going to be blinded? They are going to be blinded for until the times of the Gentiles come to their fullness. So let us say that this was the time when they were blinded, when Jesus Christ was, you know, killed, and then when he rose again, from the moment he rose again, the disciples started preaching. And where were they preaching to? To the Gentiles. Paul became the apostle to the Gentiles. And when he laid that foundation to the Gentiles, time of the Gentiles started counting. But the time of the Gentiles will not finish until all the fullness. And when is the fullness? The fullness is going to be in the end time. But how can we know the beginning? We know the beginning, but how can we know the end? We cannot know the end until we study the teaching on the seven church ages. If you, if you don't have a, message, a, 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 a church age book, please find one. Brother Marvin, you know, raise up, raise up your hand. This is Brother Marvin. If you want a church age book, contact Brother Marvin. He'll get you one. Study that church age book. It will show you you know, the time of the Gentiles, we have it both, I think, in, in, in English and in Uganda. The fullness of the Gentiles, how long is it? It is a space of seven church ages. Are you following me? 
quickly go to Revelation. I didn't plan this, but let me just show it to you for just a few moments. Uh, Revelation chapter 1. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. Are you there? All right. So, saying, I am, verse 11, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou sayest, seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, and unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pegamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now, these churches were in Asia. They were in Asia. Asia was a, is a Gentile place. And when you go to verses 20, he says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sowest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the ch seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sowest are the seven churches. Now, so we have, we have a church which is represented by a candlestick and we have a star which is represented by the uh, which is the messenger represented by a star. So now, every church age had a messenger. That's what it means. Every church age had a messenger. Every church age had a messenger. From the very first one, this, remember this is the church ages of the Gentiles, not the Jews. The Jews, they are poor. They are still in blindness. They don't know what is going on. The Gentile bride is enjoying the message of the Messiah. The Gentile bride is enjoying the gospel. The invitation has been sent to the Gentiles. That's what we are receiving today. And so you notice that it started here with Apostle Paul. And he started counting how many generations? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. When it reaches seven, you know, seven is completion. When it reaches seven, the times of the Gentiles will be fully, hallelujah, finished. It will have been completed. Do you know where we are? Are we on two? Are we on three? Are we on six? Where are we? Seven. We have reached the end of the Gentile dispensation. And right here. Right here, the Bible now gives a promise. Hallelujah. In every church age, he was giving a promise to the overcomers. And let me tell you, who were the overcomers in every age? The overcomers in every age were those who received the word of their messenger. And now, when he reaches to the end, the last church age, he has this to say. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Hey, hallelujah. The promise to the last Gentile bride is the throne. Tell your neighbor the throne. The throne, my brother. The throne. That is our promise. Our promise is not just not to go to heaven. He didn't say, oh, to the overcomers, I'll let them have eternal life. No. More than eternal life. More than eternal life. Eternal life is a must. Amen. Why? Because we have accepted Christ. But here, he's giving us more than salvation. He's giving us a throne. My goodness. The bride of Christ will hear every word and submit. Every word. She will overcome unbelief. She will believe every word. Amen. God has sent seven messengers to the seven Gentile church ages. Seven messengers. What is their purpose? Their purpose is to go and find the, 
the bride in every age. That's why, friends, you see us traveling both near and far, going to the streets, going to the byways. Why? Because we are carrying the message of the last messenger. What are we doing? Finding the last one. Because their message is mandated to find the, the bride in every age. This message is supposed to find the bride in every age. How? By those who have eaten it, they will have a burden for the souls out there. Not just for them to know Christ and that's it, but for them to become a father part of Christ. To become a part of him. To become, amen, to become his wife. Their purpose is to go find the bride in every age. The bride in every age will hear, not only hear, but believe. And not only believe, but walk in the message of their day. That message will prepare them for the rapture. And this message is preparing us for the rapture. That is what makes us different. I say that is what makes us different from the other denominations. Why? Because we have a message. They don't have a message. Am I preaching to someone? They don't have a prophet. We have a prophet. We have a messenger. And we have a message. And this message is preparing us for the rapture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thinking of the rapture. In a blessed home on high. When the redeemed are gathering in. Oh, hallelujah. I'll be among the saints. I'll be in that number. One of them, one of them. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. There are people almost everywhere baptizing his name. Why are we saying we are one of them? Because we have received that revelation. Amen. We have a revelation bubbling in our souls. We are one of those going in a rapture. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are not going to go in the rapture based on how good we are. Yes, we are going to be good, but not by our in ourselves. We are going to be good according to his word. We are going to receive every word. Amen. The bride is the sheep of his flock. Amen. Whenever the word is preached, the sheep says, Hallelujah. Whenever the word is preached, the sheep says, Amen. Amen. I believe the word. Amen. Why? You will not, you know, some people who are not the bride, if you go and preach the things we preach here in other churches, people will be selecting that one. Amen. That one. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That is too much. Women should not wear trousers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ah, it is too judgmental. I don't want to be judged. Don't worry. There is another judgment for you. But those ones who accept it say, Amen. Oh, I'm judged. Oh, God, help me. Let me change it. Yeah, your judgment is here. Amen. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, let fornication not be named among you. Some people out there will say, mm -mm 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 -mm. You are being so. Mm -mm 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 -mm. But the bride will say, Amen. 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 Why? Because their judgment is here. You know, the message will make you, you know, by saying amen to the word, by receiving the word, amen, the spirit of God will come, amen, amen, by your amen and make you live that word. The life of the word will just come down through your heart, amen, it will force, amen, your body, it will force, amen, your understanding to submit, hallelujah, to submit to the word. Even when you have no power of your own, something inside of you will force you to submit to that word. Hallelujah. That is what makes us different from the denominations. Because the denominations are preaching a social gospel. They are preaching a gospel which they say, oh, we believe we are saved by the grace of God. 
Uh, you know, we are going to heaven. Yeah, they are going to heaven. I may not doubt that that much, although I don't know. I have no surety, but what I know, they may go. But all I know, all I know, I am the bride. I am the bride. Why? Because I've received every word. Every word. Vashti. Let me tell you about Vashti. Vashti was the queen. The denominations, they had that ability of being the queen, the potential. Because they had accepted the word, and the word is the seed. So Vashti was the queen. But what demoted Vashti? What removed her from her place? In every church age, you would say, or oh, else I will come at you. If you don't believe, or oh, else I will come quickly and I will remove the candlestick. You see, what made Vashti be removed from her place? Unbelief. The king said, bring her, call her to come. And she said, no. She said, no, instead of saying, Amen. But the bride says, Amen. Amen. Whatever the word of God says, you say, Amen. You don't reason with it. You don't debate with the word. You only say, Amen. I believe it. So be it. According to your word. I don't have the power to do it. But Amen. It is your word. So, so be it. I receive it. I accept it. Let it live in me. That is what makes the difference. We believe every word cover to cover. Cover to cover. Say cover to cover. We believe it all. We don't choose what we want. We accept everything in here to be thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. People have taken the words of Brother Barnum, our prophet of this message, of this generation, and they pick some words. By the way, all preachers do it. All preachers. And a few bold ones have come out and spoken openly. They didn't say, you know, we read the message of Brother Barnum and most of the things we do, we are trying to copy him and the things we are trying to teach, we are trying to copy from his message. No, they don't say like that. But they say, you know, William, one of them was saying, you know, William Barnum, a mighty man of God, a pillar of fire came. Yeah, so you know all that information. How did you get it? You are studying his message. You are stealing from his message. And you are preaching to your people a little here, a little there. And you, you don't have the guts or the strength to tell them everything. But they are, oh, hallelujah. They are a people who are ready to receive everything. Amen. Who are going to be identified with the messenger of their generation. We are going to eat all the book, everything in the book. Hallelujah. And we are not ashamed to identify ourselves with the message. If you are ashamed, you can suit yourself. But as far as I'm concerned, I am not ashamed even where I go in Ethiopia. I've been telling people, look, William Marion Branham is the messenger of our generation. And I met this preacher, 32 years preaching. 32 years. That's my age. He's been preaching the whole time I've lived. Old man and his... He asked me a question. He said, how, everything you're saying is right, but how do I know that William Branham is the one who is this messenger? Yeah, I clearly see there is a messenger, an alleged supposed to come in the last days, but how do I know it is William Branham? I also asked him, how do you know that the Messiah was the Messiah? Do you know the Messiah was rejected by people who knew the prophecy, but who did not believe it was Jesus? <laughs> so knowing the word does not mean you believe the word. <laughs> you know, but you see, it takes revelation. For you to believe the word. And that revelation comes from God. You know, how did they know? I, I told him they knew that he was the Messiah by, their, by his works. He said, if you don't believe my words, at least see the things I'm doing and see that, is what, that which is written of me. 
Same thing to John the Baptist. They didn't believe him, but when they asked him, who are you? He said, I am the voice crying from the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So he was trying to say, see, am I not doing what was written about me? So how do you know that William Branham is the messenger of the last generation called Laodicea? It's because his ministry did what the Bible said he would do. The Bible says in the book of Matthew that Elijah, when he comes, he shall restore all things. And all the teachings of the word have been restored back to the church. Baptism in Jesus, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one God, that has been restored. You know, uh, about the ministry, you know, women not being uh, pastors or preachers or bishops or things like that, according to the scriptures, it has been restored. The, the operation of the gifts in their right way has been restored and uh, many other things, according to Revelation 10, 7, he says he will finish the mystery of God and uh, the mystery of the, on the seven seals on the church ages, on the, all these things have been revealed. Why? That that proves his ministry as the Elijah of our generation. No man can be able to say it is not. And no other ministry can be able to rise up and say, oh no, I'm the one. Why? Because their ministry proves otherwise. Praise God. And we thank God to receive this message. This messenger is preparing us for the, for the coming of the Lord. In the message, the comforter, Brother Barnum says, God help me, God help you, as Christians, never to compromise one word of God's word. For this sacred trust has handed, was handed to the church, and it's a glorious thing to have this gospel, the full gospel, to preach it without compromising anywhere. Preach it just as it is written. Leave it just as it is written. What a sacred trust. And if we ever expect this word to ever come to pass, if we ever expect God to keep his word, we've got to stay with it just the way God wrote it. That's the reason if you stay with, with it the way God wrote it, there will be all kinds of things happening among you. Every word will be fulfilled. Hmm. If we stay with the word the way it has been written, things will be happening. Miracles, signs and wonders. Powerful things will be happening in our midst. Why? Because God will fulfill every word that is written among us. And he says, I am under expectations just now myself of seeing a shaking power come that will shake the nations pretty soon. God can, can never ever get a people under his own. God can, can ever get a people under his own control. If he if will get a man or a woman that won't compromise on his word. But he, will, but he will stand there like the rock of ages. Are you that man or that woman? That will stand there, not compromising on any word. That will believe every word of it. And believe that he is behind it. Who is behind it? God. And a man who believes it, you must act like it. Tell your neighbor, you must act like it. You must act like it. If you don't act like it, then you don't believe it. Hey. Act like it. And you can put it to work. And the word will be in you. So, to those of you who are not married, and you are seeking for wives, brothers, and um, you are seeking for a wife, but the question is, do you believe every word? If you doubt the word, if you debate with the word, it will not happen. God is under no obligation to fulfill his word in your life. But if you take your ground and you like the rock of ages and say, I believe the word. I am not going to go with those prostitutes or with those, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, girls out there in the world. I'm not going to go with, uh, uh, with those chorus girls. I'm going to marry a Holy Ghost-filled child of God. If you make that stand, 
and you make it as your stand. You stand there as a rock of ages. You believe it with all your heart. Then God is obligated to make that word come true in your life. Praise God. Pastor Morgus has quite a few young men, maybe, I don't know, maybe like seven or ten who are not married yet. And I was telling him that <clears throat> these young men need to get married. He said, oh, yes, but we don't have sisters in the church here now. I reminded him, I said, oh, are you telling me that? Are you telling me that? And I reminded him of his testimony. You know, they were the first believers in the country. And, you know, having no believers, no, absolutely nobody. Nobody was a believer. You know, you have about three, four. You have, let's say, I uh, don't remember how many there were. Let's like, say maybe four younger men and four young ladies. Uh, about two young ladies and four younger men. And these younger men don't want to marry these young ladies. They, they, they feel they are not theirs. And then they all want to get married. So what do they do? And they know, according to the message, they're not, not going to marry unbelievers. So they had to take their stand. I went in my office at that time in Ethiopia, and I sat. I said, God, this is your word. I believe it. He's a, he's a prophet of this generation. He says, under no circumstance should believers marry unbelievers. So what am I going to do? Because it appears there is an exception here. I was speaking to the Lord in my heart about these things. It appears there is an exception here. These people, they have all believed the message. But in the whole country of more than 100 million people, there are no believers like them. So, Lord, I believe this is an exception. And then I heard a voice speak to me. Under no circumstances should believe a mother and unbeliever. I said, <laughs> why is it echoing back to my mind? This should be the Lord telling me my word is my word. And it is already settled in heaven. So, when I went out of that office, I was... Because I had not preached that in the church yet. I, I, I needed to know what to preach to the people and to teach them what you are teaching them is what they will become. So if I was going to tell them, well, there is an exception, you know, you can, uh, that's what it would have become. But, you know, I laid it down. The way it is, it is God's word. I believe he's the messenger of our generation. He said it. Even the Bible says, you know, you, know, you should not yoke together with non-believers. So I, I laid it down for them and I told them, God is obligated to stand behind his word. Each time his word is believed, God is obligated to stand behind that word. So I told them, God is obligated to stand behind that word. And, uh, and, and then uh, one by one began to receive revelation. One by one, they believed it, by the way. They accepted it. All those people, all those people, the youngest was Ephraim, brother Ephraim who was about 18 at that time or, or 17. And now he's 23, 21, but he's married. He was the youngest among them. So I'm telling you that God will fulfill his word among the eldest and the youngest. As long as you stand with his word like a rock of ages, you stand on it. You stand on it. You don't compromise with it a bit. God will stand behind that word to prove to you, this is my word and I am God. I fail not. I fail not. Hallelujah. And even in our church here, by the way, there are some younger men, several of them, maybe three, maybe four, I don't know, who have been standing on the word and they are soon going to, going to get married. So we are going to have weddings here very soon. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm telling you. We are going to have weddings. If not this year, this coming year, we are going to have like four weddings. That is a spoken word, believe it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. If you stand with the word, God is obligated to fulfill it. Hmm. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. Don't go for something else. Take the counsel of God. 
Praise God. Now, when he told them, and I'll be, uh, 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 maybe I'll continue with my message on Sunday, but let me, on Wednesday, but let me go a little more here. In the book of Luke 14, 8, where we read, he says, And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I, have, I, I, I want to go say it. I, and then another one, you know. They all began to give excuses. I have an oxen. I have to go prove it. I have, you know, a married a wife. I, I, I want to, you know, and then if I cannot come, they deliberately began to turn away the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you, this message which, are, which we have received is the Holy Ghost. We sing it and say, it is the Holy Ghost and power. It is keeping me alive. This message, it is the Holy Ghost and power. It is keeping us alive. Not in itself, but the power and the Holy Ghost comes with it. And then it says here in the message, is your life worthy of the gospel? By the way, this message, is your life worthy of the gospel? I recommend it to all you brethren to go and listen to it. I wish you would go and listen to it. Is your life worthy of the gospel? 630630. Please go and listen to it. It says, when God sends the Holy Ghost and knocks at a man's door and he deliberately turns it down, sometime he's going to turn it for his last time. And then you won't be a privileged character. You can sit in church and listen to the gospel and agree with the gospel. You might do so much as say, I know it is right. But never put a finger on it to help it yourself. You just, you, you just listen to it because you say, I believe it's all right. That you are just sympathizing with it. We have many people like that. They come, you know, they turn down the word, they turn down the Holy Ghost, but they just say, yeah, it is right, it is right, it is right. I could say, I believe that's a $10,000. Uh, uh, but that doesn't mean I have it. I could say, that's a good cold water, but refuse to drink it. You know what I mean? And this eternal life, to refuse to do it, one day you will cross the line between judgment and mercy. And then you won't be, uh, you won't have the privilege to come and receive it. And these people here, they turned it down, each and every one of them. They turned it down. He gave them an invitation. They turned it down. They are having excuses. You know, let me tell you how many times have you had excuses not to believe or to do what God said because you felt something. You, ha you had a reason. You know? That was I excuses. You have an invitation. He has invited you. He has a table spread. By the way, let me tell you. Whenever the word of God is, is preached, God wants souls to hear it. God wants, and let me tell you, a church that loses the burden for lost souls is a dead church. Are you hearing me, church? If you, and a church is you as an individual. It is me. If you lose, if you feel in your heart you have no burden to tell somebody about what you have received, it means you yourself, you are not convinced about it. But if you are convinced about this message, you will not be coming to church on Sunday every day alone by yourself. Why? You are going to have a burden. I remember when I was still in school, 
I would want, I had this hunger, I had this thirst of inviting someone. You know, I wanted every time I'm with my friends, I'm very busy showing them, you know, and they are saying, no, I'm very busy, you know, showing them more, showing them. because I had this burden, I had this hunger, I wanted them to know what I knew, I wanted them to know my God, I wanted them to go to the rapture. Imagine the mere thought of thinking I'm going to go to the rapture and leave my friends who was killing me. So, oh God, I want to also compel them, I want to bring them in, I want us to go together. One time, I remember I went to church and um, I was at school. I was um, at school and then I went to church. That evening, it was, uh, there was a service. So I came rushing because I was a bit late and then I found the church locked. Hi. No one. Hi. I almost fainted. I was like, oh God, the rapture's happened now. The rapture's happened now. <laughs> ah. I always say, the raptures, they have left me. Bandese. Because the church was locked. And then I started fidgeting. I had my Nokia 3210 or 3310, I don't remember. Some of you don't know that phone. And then I started calling, calling the pastor's phone. The telephone number you have called is not available. Oh, my God, my God, I'm finished. <laughs> I said, let me call another brother's number. This one must be on because I was calling the spiritual brothers only. <laughs> you know, in that moment, you will not call the brother or the sister. You know that was always, you know, lazy. You will call the one who you know is serious. So that, you know, if this one is here, everything is fine. So I started getting another number of a brother. And when I called, he said, the telephone number you have called is not available. I said, I'm finished. <laughs> Literally, I'm telling you the truth. My, my feet began shaking. I said, oh, God, have mercy on me. The rapture has, has, has happened. And then I said, but let me try one more. I, I called the pastor's wife. I said, let me call it. I was sweating. My, my feet was shaking. And then I called the number. Do, do. I said, wrote you. Now I said, let me listen. Do, do. It was not ringing. He said, I think they have left. Seriously, I was thinking they have gone. So, hello. Uh, I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I said, yes, yes. She said, oh, we are in a convention. I said, ah, I even switched off. I said, thank you, Jesus. Hey, I began worshiping there. <laughs> because I knew I was not left for the rapture. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Some of you are playing with this message. You are going to be so sad. When you come one day and you meet yourselves here in the church alone and you realize there is no preacher, there is no song leader, there is no pianist. Why? Because they have all gone to the rapture and you are alone here. You are going to be so sorry. That you will realize will be the greatest mistake you have ever made. When it all dawns on you, it was real. It wasn't a joke. Hey! And let me tell you why it will be so bad for you. It will be so bad for you more than the one who was going to the Catholic Church. Because for you, you know everything that is coming next. Hey, hey. The people who were hearing what you people are preaching. Huh? Some of those that you told to stream your services and they heard a little bit about the rapture. They will, call, they will call you and they will find your number on. So they will consult with you. Tell us what is coming next. You are the people who are preaching these things. And, and you will tell them, 
Ah, don't talk to me. No, because you know what is coming next. You know what? The tribulation is coming next. You will know everything. But you will know you are doomed. Because you, you are not even too sure that you will have his mercy. Because grace can no longer work for you. Grace will be over. By the way, grace is over at that time. No more grace. The Bible says, he that is filthy is filthy still. He that is uh, holy is holy still. You see, but when you, a man hears the word and spans God's mercy by refusing to believe the word, by refusing to let the word be a further part of him, just like Vashti refused, oh, brother, sister, it will be so sad for them at that day. But I don't want to be among them. I want to be among those that receive every word. <laughs> Whereby I can live every night, every day, and be waiting for the coming of the Lord, knowing this one thing, amen, that I'm one of his and his mine. That Jesus is mine. Jesus is mine. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I be. Jesus is mine. Hmm. And uh, you know. If you have that burden. And you believe this message with all your heart. You are going to have a burden for the lost souls. To compel them. Because you want them to come. You want them. There is this friend of mine I, I had. I was always preaching. You know. I, one time I took the message books. I, I started reading for him by force. I told him listen. Because I, was, I read the message, like this one, which I read, uh, uh, is your life worthy of the gospel, and I was telling you to read it. So, with you, I just told you to read it, but with him, I would pull him, put him in my, uh, next to me, in the, when everybody has gone to the dormitory to sleep, and we sit in the classroom, and I take the message out, I begin reading. I, say, I would tell him, let me just only read one page for you. So I'd begin reading one page. After, after the first page, it becomes appetizing for him. He tells me, read the next page. I read the next page. He says, read the next page. We would finish the whole book of 30 pages. Why? Because it was so appetizing for him. It was so real. It was so powerful. And at the end, he came to church. He came to church. And um, he wanted to hear more. And, you know, when the devil saw that he wanted to hear more, then uh, at, at his church, they told him, now you are the youth leader from beginning with today. Yet he was the most despised among those people. You know, they gave him to be the youth leader. And he stopped coming to church here. Until today, I always called him. I said, do you remember the message which I used to give? He said, yes, it is the truth, but pray for me. But let me tell you, I feel sorry for him. But I compel him each time. Let me tell you, whoever you are in contact with, compel them to come in. The door is fast closing. The, the door is fast closing. The, the time of grace is finishing. And if, you, if they've had, and they've hardened their hearts, there's no more grace for them. Grace is grace as long as it can be received. Are you hearing me, church? So he says, Jesus said, uh, you go bring them. Bring them. Go tell the, the poor, the maimed, the old, the blind. You know, let me tell you, not very many people who are powerful in the status of this world believe this message. Many of them, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, 26, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things that are mighty. And the best things of this world and the things that are despised, God has chosen. Yeah. And the things which are not to bring to note the things which are, that no flesh shall glory in his presence. God doesn't want you to go in the rapture and say it was because... I was very rich. It was because I gave a lot of money to church. You know, this is what they do in their churches. 
They, make, they get the rich people and the brother, my brother, are you in the service? Can you give me that chair which you are seated on? Come with it, please. They get the rich people like this brother and they tell them, you, you are rich. Sit next to the preacher. Sit here. Because he's giving a lot of tithe, he's giving a lot of money to the church, he's giving, you know, every time the pastor is preaching, he's looking at the rich man to see whether he's smiling or not. If the man is not smiling, he will change his gospel a bit. And then he will look again. Then if the man is smiling, he will say, yeah, now, now the word is working. Because he's expecting another check, or he's expecting another money, he's expecting something from this man. And this is what the gospel has become. But the Bible says, in, look at our calling. Just look, for example, in this little fellowship here. Not many mighty, not many powerful. They are there, but he said, there are not so many. Huh? There are not so many of the world, not so many rich, not so many, but he has chosen the foolish things. Oh, are you the wise things, my brother? He says he has chosen the foolish things. Huh? I will not call you my foolish brother, but I will call you my, my precious brother. He has, he has called us the foolish things of the world. To the world we are foolish, but to God we are wise. God bless you, my brother. Here we don't make the rich people sit on the pulpit. You see, this is what they have made. This is what they have made the church. You see, they have made it a, a place of comedy, a place where, you know, they, 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 they recognize, you know, one another. And, you know, but you see, it says, go to the streets, go to the byways, call everyone, call the blind, call the maimed, call everybody. Let them come in. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is our mandate. And I said, this should be the burden of this church, it should be the vision of this church. Our vision is not to get many numbers of people or to get a beautiful building. Our vision in Days of the Voice Fellowship is to get every soul that was predestinated unto life. That is our vision. That's why we preach. If that wasn't the reason, I would not be preaching, I tell you. But God proved it to me that he can call people. He can sanctify people. <laughs> When I was in Ethiopia, I almost cried. You know, Brother Gideon. Brother Gideon picked my, my wife and I from the airport many years ago. About 11 years ago. Just, you know, we were very little and, you know, just going on our honeymoon. And he picked us up from the airport. He took us to his house, gave us a room, and then introduced to us the, uh, the, little, uh, uh, the, the little guest house where we started staying. And that's where the church started from. But in that guest house, we started inviting people one by one. What was our burden? What was our vision? To tell them about this message. To tell them there is a bride that God is calling out of the denominations. To tell them there is a message to the world. So now, Brother Gideon, 11 years later, was in the church with me on Sunday, last Sunday, in Addis Ababa. And he sat there. And after the service, he told me, you must be very happy. I said, yes, Brother Gideon. It is beyond words. To see all those people that have believed the message now in the country more than, you know, we are counting now in the realms of more than 500 and plus. You know, in the country of Ethiopia, just because of a witness and a burden. And I'm telling you, friends, God can use you to change this country, you as an individual. As long as your burden is right. Some of you will, Brother Gideon at that time gave us $300. It is never mentioned anywhere, but his reward is in heaven. 
Some of you may give money. Others, God may use you to, uh, you know, uh, there's a sister, when I was going, she gave me 100,000. God bless you, whoever you are. You know, she gave me 100,000 for the mission. And others, you know, you, you may pray, just sincerely you pray. Uh, others, you will go out and bring a friend. Others, you will do something. But let me tell you, the burden is to bring and compel them to come in for the marriage supper of the Lamb. That is our burden. If God brings them and they happen to be 10,000, well and good. But if all that there is in Namgongo is 100, that's what we want. I'm telling you, that's our vision. Our vision is not to become, you know, these days the preachers, their vision is, oh, I want to be a very rich preacher. I want to own a private jet. You know, they, they, they set those goals right at the beginning. They, they write it down. Even some of them write it down. I've met them. I've met them. And they call themselves visionaries. They say, I'm a visionary. What is your vision? Ah, number one, in 10 years, I want to have a, a, a 10,000 people. Then, uh, uh, then after this time, then I want to buy a private jet. I want to buy uh, uh, these expensive suits, uh, expensive shoes and, uh, you know, these kind of cars and, uh, you know, and own this number of houses and have a cathedral that is, that, those are not our vision. That's not our vision. If they are doing it, it's not our vision. Our vision is very different from the denominations. Your goal is the rapture. And our vision is to call the last one so we can go. Are you hearing it, church? And that's why Jesus Christ said, he was so sad when he saw that nobody came. He was so sad. He said, I, no one came, no one came. Okay, okay. If they have refused, go to the maimed, go to the poor. Go, tell them to come. They came, and the servants came and said, yeah, they have come, and yeah, there is room. Room, room, yes, there is room. There is room at that fountain for thee. Can you sing with me now? Room, room, yes, there is room. There is room at the fountain for thee. One more time, room, room. Oh, yes. There is room. There is room at the fountain. There is room, room, room. Yes. There is room at the fountain. And so he said, there is room. So he said, if there is room, if there is room. <laughs> Ay. Let me tell you, how many are we here? We don't know. But however much we are, I want to tell you there is room. Even here in the church, our church here. Look at yourself. Look at every chair that doesn't have a person seated next to you. Look around. Take the liberty to look around. There is room. Can we say there is room here? There is room. The, the place is not full. There is more souls out there that, can, that need to fill those chairs. We, we ought to have a burden. The burden should not be the pastor's burden. You understand? It should be the burden of every believer who is convinced and concerned about this message to be the truth. It should be a burden, Brother Joel. It should be a burden, my brother, my sister. You know, whereby you will invite somebody to church, whereby you will, you know, convince them, com compel them, that's the word. There is room at the fountain for them. You don't bring them to a church, you bring them to Christ. That's the difference between us and the denominations. I want to conclude now, looking at verse 23. It says, if there is room, now go to the streets and highways and hedges. Compel them to come in. 
that my house may be filled. I was supposed to stay. I was supposed to stay in Addis uh, Ababa for three days and then spend the rest seven or ten days uh, up in the uh, in the northern areas. Those northern areas, if you've not read the article, read the article. It's a bit dangerous because it's uh, they they've, they are considered to be one of the uh, founders of Christianity actually because they they've been Christians for very many years. They actually date their history back to Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, which is the uh, Queen Makeda of Ethiopia, some, some time back in, in, in many years ago. And so they even claim to have the Ark of the Covenant in that region somewhere in one of the churches. And it is heavily regarded. No one even knows where it is. And so they kind of uh, disguise it and things, which could be true or not true. I don't know. But when you read in the Bible, actually, after the Queen of Sheba visited Solomon, you don't see any mention of the Ark of the Covenant. So it could be true that the queen uh, took it to custody, but we do not know. But that, that place is considered to be one of the places that uh, they, have, they believe themselves. You know, Aramaic, the old writings of the Bible were in Aramaic, in especially the, uh, some of them. And uh, Aramaic comes from Giz, and Giz uh, is the language of these people in, uh, in uh, Tigray. Um, uh, Amharic and uh, Tigrinya comes both an Aramaic from Giz. And so they say even the Bible was written in their language. And, and, and they said, so, so we have nothing to give them, nothing new to give them. But I, I desired to, if it wasn't because I was compelled to stay in Addis Ababa, I wanted to go and, you know, go all over those areas and sow the seed of the word. That's what I always do, travel around and then now concentrate on small, small areas. But even then, God was able to give us souls who are burdened for this word and they wanted to spread in, the, in their area. One of these pastors that I told you of, he spoke to me, he said, what are we going to do? Because this is the truth. But if we started, if we started preaching it now, everybody would say we, we are preaching heresy. And I told them, if it's the truth, God will stand behind truth. God will vindicate you. Denomination is standing behind them, but God will stand behind you. And if God stands behind you, then you are sure you, God will protect you and God will strengthen you. And I told him, this is what we have done. And I gave them the testimony of Addis Ababa. I gave them the testimony of Uganda. How many believers have believed this message? Let me tell you, never be ashamed to stand for this message. Never. Because God is behind this message. You young people, God is behind this message. Your generation may not agree with you when you, 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 you even feel ashamed to say it because you feel it is so far from what they believe. No. If you say the word, God is behind you at that moment. God is behind you at that moment. And God will fight for those that, that stand for his word. And he said to that, if there is still room, go to the highways and the hedges. Compel them to come. Where are the people who are burdened for the lost souls? Where are they? Where are they even in our little fellowship here? Where are they? Are you burdened for the lost souls? But people, listen to what the prophet says here in God's provided way. I know I'll, uh, I'll just read this last one. I'll skip that in the Laodicean Church age. It says, they were not burdened for souls, talking of the denominations, but they were burdened with wealth. They had the wrong burden. They had a burden for their wealth, but not a burden for lost souls. The scriptures say they didn't know that they were wretched or miserable, blind. Let me tell you, money doesn't bring souls. Nor does money make rich. Did you know that? 
Like the Bible says, like they, like, by the way, this is the richest age that there has ever been on earth. Our, our generation is the richest. Some of you have a smartphone. Uh, even Solomon never had one. King Solomon I'm talking about. And you have one. You are richer than King Solomon in that regard. This is the richest age. Cars, airplanes, rockets, science, medicine. You know, a lot of things are accumulated. And, and you know, people have broken, you know, into, you know, God is... Uh, laboratory and have been able to invent many things even in science. Why? Because wisdom has increased and money has increased so they have a lot of wealth. But the more wealth they, we have attained, the lesser burden we have had for lost souls. You see, every church these days, and I'm concluding here, every church is burdened to see which is the best, better church. I'm even afraid in the message it is also coming. Whereby pastors are competing. Who, is the, who, who, who has a better ministry? A better church? Who has more people? Who, who has more people? Who, who, who has uh, this better? Who, who, who preaches better than the other one? Who? This is not supposed to be our burden. Who has more money? This is not our burden. Friends, let us wake up. What is our burden? Our burden is for lost souls. Our burden is to compel them. That was the burden of Brother Barnum when he was pulled to places. You know, you will get this better. You will get. He said, no. When he came to South Africa, they were telling him not to preach to the Negroes, the black people. But he said, no. I must preach to them. Because it was his burden. Our burden is not for money, for church, for riches, for buildings, for more people, for more money, for more cars, more this, more that. If God gives it to us, praise God. But our burden is for souls, for them to come to the knowledge of the truth, for them to realize who they are. What are you going to do about it? Jesus Christ has said, go out to the streets and the byways. Compel them to come. Compel them to come. Compel them. Compel them is like almost begging them, please come. Please come. Not to the church or to the church order or system. Compel them to come to the message of the hour. Be consumed with a, with a desire for them to realize what God has done for you. This message we have received is not a denomination. It's not another church. It's, it's, it's more than a church. Oh my God. It's more than a church. Church is so No. Someone told me, oh, there are many churches. I said, so what? This is not just a church. Another church. There are many churches, yes, but this is not a church. It's more than a church. It's a lighthouse that is standing for the message of the hour. Hallelujah. And it doesn't have to take me. It can take anybody. But this pulpit is dedicated to preach this message. And whoever will stand here, the purpose, the desire is to preach. To let the light shine. So that those who are in darkness can be able to be compelled. To come and realize what Jesus Christ is doing in our day. Let us stand up on our feet. Can we sing, I surrender all to you, everything I give to you. I don't know how to express myself. I've just maybe shared a quarter of what I had in my heart to you today because the burden is great. 
there's a lot to do. There's a lot of work to do. You know, even sometimes as preachers, we say, oh Lord, I want to do this. I, I don't have money. But you realize it's not money that does it. It, it. it is the burden that God stands behind that. But even we ourselves, what have we done? What have you done personally? Have you compelled them to come? What have you done in your own little way? Those are the rewards which will be revealed when we go over, over yonder. The sacrifices you have made for this precious message. If God can consume us with a desire for lost souls. And if you are here and you are a lost soul, maybe you are lost and you have lost your way. I'm compelling you in the name of Jesus Christ to repent of your sins and repent of your ways and come to the Lord. Because time is running out so fast on us. We don't know what is going to happen next. God help us. Lord Jesus, Father, I pray over these people, Lord, and whoever has been under the sound of my voice, in this service, Lord, I've laid out a little bit of the burden you placed on my heart. There's a lot of work we have to do. How long shall we continue in the childish things, Lord, of thinking it is money that can do it or it is uh, power or, or strength or ability? Lord, we realize it only takes a little burden, a little nudge, obedience to just go out and compel them to come. This is more than just a church or more than just salvation. It is calling your bride in this last age. And help us to surrender ourselves, Lord, that each and every one of us will be more burdened, more burdened for your work, Lord. More burdened for your work, Lord. Just pray in your heart. Say, Lord, give me more burden for lost souls. What are you doing around your neighborhood? I have even desired the Lord willing, if he tarries, to just begin, you know, visiting homes of believers on a few days, maybe a day or two in a week. Uh, and you know, if you are burdened for that, you just invite some people in your house and we just evangelize to them and tell them about this message. Maybe someone can begin with that. Maybe you can begin with that and invite us. We will come for sure. I want it to be a burden. I don't want to just call you and say, sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, we are coming to your house. I want it to be an initiative that you do, you make on your own and Begin to invite people to your house and invite us to come and share the word with them if you are not a call to preach. There's a lot more that we have to do, friends. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I surrender. I surrender all to you. Everything, sing it. Everything I gave to you, withholding nothing. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, 
Give myself away. 
our voices now. Hey, hey. I give myself away so, so you can you lift it up again. I give myself away. Hey, I give myself away. So Everybody now, I give myself away. Hey. Oh, I give myself away. So you can use me. We are praying now, everybody in prayer. As we close our service. How are you going to leave this place? What is your burden? What's your ambition? You may say, maybe I'm a student. Uh, I'm busy, but remember that down here, we are not going to live permanently. Your God, your vision should be to bring in the last one, whatever God has placed you in every field of life. Bring them in, bring them in. There is room, there is room at a fountain. Maybe you've not done enough and you want to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to do more for your kingdom. I want to be more burdened for your work. Lord, I want to do more. There, there is more to do, Father. Burden me more, Father. Speak to me. Maybe it's not made real to you. Tell him, Lord, visit me. Make this real to me. I want to know you more. I want to know you better. I want to be, oh God, purposed to live for you. Maybe at school or at your place of work or wherever God allows you to go. What are you going to do for the sake of the kingdom of God? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. our eyes, I want to ask a question. As your pastor, 
I've labored and I've given you the burden the Lord has given me today. But I bring the question to you now. The burden is over to you. How many here would want to say, Lord, I want to do more for your work. I, I want to do more to, to compel them to come in. I want, I want to rescue them out of, the, out of evil, out of the world. How many here would want to raise up their hand and say, Lord, I'm one of those. I'll pray with you just now as I close. Father, Lord, our hands going out all over this place. Of people, Lord, that are desiring to give themselves away so you can use them. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. May you forgive their sluggishness and their, uh, their busy schedules that they've forgotten the, the real purpose. Help them, Father. As they yield themselves to you now and the resolution to say, Lord, I, I want to do more for you. I want to bring in more souls into your kingdom, Father. I want to be used of you. Bless them, I pray. Guide them, Lord, in their lives. Lead them, Father. Baptize them with the power and the fire and the zeal of the Holy Ghost that will consume them, consume their souls, consume their life. That, Lord, wherever they go and whatever, whatever they do, Lord Jesus, that their mind will be focused on that goal. Grant it, I pray, Father, the burden for lost souls. May it not leave us, for if it leaves us, then the revival is dead. Help us, Father, that we will be longing to see your desire revealed in us. Thank you, Jesus, for answering our prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray for the, for the students that are going back to school. Father, we are committing the students, our students here, some of them have already gone back and others are still here, Lord, uh, planning to go back to schools. Others going tomorrow. We commit them into your hands, Father. May you establish them, Lord, and give them grace that even when they are there, Father, they, 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 they will have a desire, a longing to see your desire revealed in them. That they will work and live for you, Father. Give them knowledge, wisdom, that they will be able to excel in their school, Father, and in all their endeavors. Protect them, Father, from all things that are happening in the world and keep them shut, shut in with you, O oh God, for your grace, O oh God, to be manifested in their lives. Father, some of them are teachers and maybe going, like our sister Stella, back to school to teach. Father, Lord, I also commit into your hands. Give her grace and the others as well. For we commit all ourselves, the people, and the needs into your hands, for we know that you have already provided in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Can you help me sing it? I'm amazed that you love me. Our service is dismissed. We shall be here again on Wednesday. So please come and, and be here. Amen. I'm amazed. Can you? Do you know how to sing it? I'm amazed. Shem, can you sing it for us?
that you love me. I'm amazed that you care for me. Your precious blood that I found part of, and my seeds are warm. I wash I believe that you love me. I believe that you care for me through your precious blood. I found pardon and my sins are worn. I will wash away my sins. I wash away. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed that you care for me through your prayer. Just blood, I found pardon, and my sins are worn. They all wash away. Sins are washed away, and my sins are washed. I wash away and my sins are washed I'm amazed that you love me I'm amazed that you care for me to your precious blood iPhone pattern and my sins are washed. I wash away. Sins are washed. I believe, I believe.